I'm Gwen. I'm Wendy. Welcome to Farmworker Chronicles. Thanks for tuning in, y'all. On today's show, we will share Jaime's story and the lack of agency in farm work. Wendy, can you think of a time when you had a lack of agency? Yeah, I remember when I was five years old, my parents struggled to find affordable housing and work. So we had to move around a lot. And the way I kept track of our moves was by counting the number of elementary schools that I attended. And I went to six different elementary schools, Gwen. And the constant moving caused so much stress and anxiety and insecurity that I hated being the new kid on the block because I hated building those relationships, right? Like having to go from school to school and build new relationships. And I just didn't want to do that. So I had no control over any of these changes. Yeah, that sounds like a lot to try and rebuild those friendships from scratch and learn a whole new system at each school that you go to. I remember I felt like it was a lot to learn like what bus to go to at the end of each day every year, let alone like a whole new system, a whole new community so common or so often. Yeah, I've never forgotten these experiences and the way they made me feel. They affected me so much that now as an adult with more agency, I make every decision I can to minimize instability in my life. I'm glad you have more agency now in your life, but sometimes we just are in control of our own lives and that's kind of a terrifying truth about life and it's true for all of us to some degrees, but it's especially true and more harsh and more common for those who have less resources or an impaired ability to act on their own behalf. That's right. So not all of us have access to the same resources and the amount of resources we have access to directly corresponds with how large or small our range of choices is. Or put more simply, the resources available to us impacts our agency in our lives. And that is exactly what our farm worker story is all about today. Agency as an H-2A worker. So today we're going to bring you the story and the voice of Jaime, an Ohio H-2A worker. You might remember from our first episode, an H-2A worker is a seasonal worker who's here on a temporary visa to do agricultural work. When we bring you Jaime's voice, he will be speaking in Spanish. And so sometimes we will give you kind of a conclusion or summary of what he said in English. And other times we'll have a voiceover to communicate what he said in English. This week, we bring you the story of Jaime, an H-2A worker from Guanajuato, Mexico. He has been coming to the U.S. for 23 years to work for a nursery in Ohio. In each of the 23 years that Jaime has been an H-2A worker coming to Ohio, he has spent nine months here. So we did the math, and his total amount of time in Ohio is 17.25 years. A 17 and a quarter year old in Ohio could drive a car, would probably be finishing high school, and would be able to vote very soon, would definitely be a fully formed human with thoughts and opinions and everything that there is about 17-year-olds. <laughs> and it would definitely be somebody who you would consider part of your community. So that's a lot of time to dedicate to this work and to be away from your family. It really is a lot of time. Wendy, why don't you share how this all started for him? Fíjate que mi hermano, tengo un hermano trabajando en esta empresa. Él fue el que me comentó, me dijo, mira hermano, 
quieres venir para Estados Unidos, tengo la posibilidad de poderte apuntar. It all started because his brother invited him. His brother was already an H2A worker in Ohio, and when he learned that Jaime fell on some hard times because he was behind on his mortgage, Jaime's brother also learned that at this time, the nursery he was working for also was at risk for falling on hard times because they didn't have enough workers, and their crops might go to waste. So even though Jaime had no work experience in agriculture, because he needed to work and the nursery job was there, he decided to become an H-2A worker and found himself in Ohio for the first time. In the nursery that Jaime works at has several hundred acres and brings in a dozen or so other H-2A workers every year to work their lands. During the past, when Jaime started and was, you know, becoming more familiar with agricultural work, the working conditions were really great for these workers. They had all of their PPE and tools provided for them. There was also plenty of training to make sure they were doing everything safely and correctly. On top of that, there were safe working conditions. They also had the opportunity to go home and visit family in Mexico if they wanted to, which isn't always offered to H-2A workers. And they were also treated with respect. So unfortunately, these good working conditions and respect for Jaime did not last. The owner slash manager died and a new owner took over. Just so our listeners know, when Wendy says owner slash manager, not every place that employs H-2A workers has an owner and manager be the same person. Most of the time, somebody owns the operation and then someone else or other people are managing the workers and day-to-day operations. But in this case, for Jaime, that those entities are the same person. And that means for him, there is nobody higher up the chain necessarily to talk to or to say, hey, there's a problem. So just like in other workplaces, when management changes in nurseries, that can bring a really big shift and a completely different experience for workers. So according to Jaime, this change turned out to be completely new experience for him, and it was not for the best. Look, I pray to God a lot, and that everything changes. Maybe it won't, and maybe it'll get worse. So new management placed a higher value on quantity over quality, and that decision sparked a lot of issues. Jaime described these issues manifesting themselves as irregularities or anomalies while working. I take that to mean an unpredictable or unsafe working environment. Jaime talked at length about the changes in his working conditions. For example, he's not equipped with the appropriate tools for him to do his job, such as lack of personal protective equipment while using pesticides such as Roundup, and he can no longer get employer-issued tools replaced and needs to buy whatever tools he needs to perform his job. Which shouldn't be happening, not just like as a matter of principle, but legally H-2A employers are required to provide work equipment like PPE and tools for H-2A workers to do their jobs, as well as replacement for tools if they, you know, are worn down. Yeah, but Gwen, that's not all. The training has gone downhill. The prior owner used to give them on-the-job training and provided them with information concerning heat-related illnesses and the importance of staying hydrated. He would also give them water breaks, and the new owner does none of this. Okay, so when you say, oh, he would also give them water breaks, I don't really think of that as being special until you say that the new person doesn't give them any water breaks. 
For a job that is outdoor labor and intense heat and the shifts can be up to 10 hours, that's just not sustainable. And I don't know, I, I used to work at a ranch that had animals like horses and pigs and you know other farm animals. And if we didn't make sure that they had their water filled like throughout the day, then it would be shameful. Like if you saw that you know the pig didn't have enough water, you knew who was supposed to do it. And that person would be like embarrassed and feel awful about themselves. And those, those are animals. And this is a human being that we're talking about. So I don't know, it's beyond shameful to me. It is beyond shameful. And I bet the plants are getting plenty of water, but the workers like Jaime aren't. Yeah, it's gonna be a big old yikes for me, Wendy. <laughs> Not only has training deteriorated in Jaime's nursery, but we wanted to let you know that his expertise goes underutilized and undervalued. As we mentioned earlier, Jaime has 23 years of experience he told me he would welcome the ability to train others so he can pass on his knowledge. However, he is not given the opportunity to do so. He laments not having anything to show for his 23 years of experience. 23 years of experience is such a long time. In most fields, I feel like if you had 23 years of experience, you'd be considered an expert, you know, someone who other people in the field would go to for advice and recommendations. To me, it's a missed opportunity for the other workers because they can't learn from Jaime, and frankly for the employer because that experience is baked right in and they're just not using it. After spending 23 years doing this work, Jaime is now left feeling undervalued and seems to have started questioning the amount of time and work he has put in here instead of with his family back in Mexico. He told us he spent the best years of his life here instead of with his family. Here's what he had to say about it. Pero... I missed Mother's Day. I missed Father's Day in Mexico. My family says, hey, happy Father's Day. Hey, happy whatever day. How do you expect me to feel? I'm alone with nothing. Everything's lost. When you come here, many things end. But the worst change by far, and this, listeners, might sound a little odd, but stick with us, is the bathroom situation at Jaime's work. Jaime told us they don't have regular access to restrooms, and if they do have access to it, then somebody's keeping tabs on them, and managers will even wait outside of the exits for them just to reprimand them for taking the time to use a restroom. Unfortunately, this has led farm workers fearing even asking for restroom breaks. Jaime said workers will now find a place in the field to relieve themselves. This means that workers will walk around soiled because they don't have access to toilet paper. Workers will also have dirty hands because they aren't hand washing. There are no hand washing facilities available to them in the field. Jaime said that workers will continue working even if they are soiled or have these dirty hands. Wow, that's a lot to take in. And I mean, just to be completely upfront about it, this isn't a decision that workers are making out of their own agency, right? Of course not. This is a consequence of the decisions made by the new management. I would say it's actually a direct decision by the management, and it's such a ridiculous one. Wendy and I, when we were you know, practicing for this episode before we started recording, we were talking over a video call, and I was like, Wendy, I have to go to the bathroom. And we were joking about like, 
oh, what if Wendy was like timing me going to the bathroom or waiting outside while I went to the bathroom? It would be ridiculous. And it's, I mean, it's something that maybe we can laugh about and joke about, but it's also just a really basic human function, right? Like you should be able to have enough trust from your employer to be able to go use the bathroom. Yeah, this is like real world, everyone. This is just ridiculous. And after, you know, COVID-19 and that experience we went through and the constant reminders of having to wash your hands, you know, just to keep these viruses or any sort of bacteria away. And for the employer now, I guess you can call it post-pandemic, for them to implement these new or to refuse to allow workers to use a restroom and to even provide them hygiene facilities is egregious. Right. It's, I don't know, it's harmful. It puts the workers at risk. It puts people who even buy the products at risk, right? Because they're doing these things and then going into the field and harvesting these goods for people to buy at market or or wherever. Mm. I mean, there's just no, like, when you think about it, it's like, okay, like, the main reason, right, that they made this decision is because they placed more value on quantity than they do on quality. But at the end of the day, if your workers are walking around without being able to wash their hands and they're soiled, they're going to get sick. People who touch the things that they harvest are going to get sick. You're not you're not going to be producing anything pretty soon because you're not taking care of your people. It's awful. And it's happening today in our state. Yeah. So all these conditions together, such as not being given PPE or the working tools to do your job, a lack of training, family travel was eliminated, and being disrespected by his new employee or employer has made Jaime feel like he has been a pawn in somebody else's game. And Jaime doesn't want to be a pawn in somebody else's game or to be playing a game because this, like we have said before, has been his career. He spent 23 years doing this and he has dedicated, as he puts it, the best years of his life. And it's just not a game to him. So I don't know. You might be asking yourself, listeners, if conditions are so bad and getting worse every day, why doesn't he just quit? It's not really an option. His visa is tied to his employer, so he would lose his H-2A status and would be left without legal status for his presence here and needs to return to Mexico shortly after. So not only is this not a game because it's his life work, it's also not a game because it affects his legal status here in the U.S. So at the end of the day, he hopes not to be a pawn and hopes that we can help end this quote-unquote game by sharing his story with you. I also started to say someone has to say something. Someone has to say how things are. And at this moment, I have to say it. It's my turn, and I hope it's worth something, and I hope things work out. Jaime can't change things overnight for himself or all farm workers, but by sharing his story, he has made a choice, a choice based on a newfound resource for farm workers to tell their stories, Farmworker Chronicles. We hope to be a resource for farm workers and to help share their stories. And we hope that more and more farm workers like Jaime will come forward and bring their stories to you. The resolution for Jaime's story is that despite having a lack of agency in his work, 
down to even his bathroom breaks being so restricted or even non-existent, he decided to take some agency and share his story with y'all via our podcast. Now, while that might not be the most satisfying ending and isn't a tangible solution to his issues, it is a very commendable and brave step that Jaime has taken. Part of the reason that Jaime is so brave to have shared his story of this negative experience with us is that this is a real threat. There is a real threat of retaliation in his line of work, which could also mean losing his visa after 23 years of continuous work in the U.S. and being blacklisted from returning in future years. In the face of this risk, we applaud Jaime for sharing his story with us and with you. We hope that you've enjoyed hearing it and hopefully have learned something along the way. Wendy, what is the big takeaway for today's story? Farm workers want to be respected, to have agency. At one point, Jaime shared that he felt like a pawn, and that is because H-2A workers are essentially set up to be pawns. Once they are here, they have really very little agency over where they live, working conditions, pay, promotions, and other major factors in their lives. The H-2A system is also kind of a lottery because workers don't really know what they are getting into until they show up. For example, it could be like Jaime's experience 23 years ago when he came and conditions were really great. There was lots of training, opportunities to go back home, or conditions could be like they are today where workers are reprimanded for even going to use the bathroom and water breaks are non-existent. Life shouldn't be a lottery or a game. Yeah, I agree. Life kind of is a lottery in the sense that we don't really control where we're born or who our family is or things like that. What absolutely should not be a lottery or a game is whether you have basic respect as a human and whether you have a sense of agency in your own life. Those things should be guaranteed. Thankfully, Jaime took some agency and shared his story with us. We thank Jaime for his bravery in sharing his story. We look forward to sharing more farmworker stories in future episodes. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Farmworker Chronicles. We are your hosts and producers, Wendy and Gwen. Our executive producer is Chris Pfeiffer, and we want to thank our newest producer, Jared Rosenberg. We also want to give a huge thanks to Jaime for bravely saying yes to being interviewed and sharing his story. If you want to join the conversation, go to wgte.org FWC. Until then, I'm Gwen. And I'm Wendy, reminding you to thank a farm worker. Bye. Bye. WGTE. Voices around us. WGTE is supported in part by American Rescue Plan Act funds allocated by the City of Toledo and the Lucas County Commissioners and administered by the Arts Commission.